0: Hello everybody and welcome into our first end zone edition of the WTOC sports podcast for the 2021 season. I'm sports director Lindsey Goff. With me I have our digital anchor Jake Wallace. Jake, it's hard to believe it's already about time for kickoff. We're recording this on a Thursday morning. We kick off. We do have a team kicking off on Thursday, but everybody gets underway on Friday. It's hard to believe it's already here.
1: Yeah, and and I don't know maybe it's just because uh, I'm in a new role but it feels a little like it kind of snuck up on me a little bit but
0: No it snuck up on me too. <laughs> it's
1: it's a really exciting year because I think there is kind of a lot of unknown, you know, you can call that hope or you can call that unknown depends on which side of the fence you're feeling but uh week 0 this is in in Georgia and South Carolina and we got some really good games for the first week of the season to really kind of you're jumping you know, both feed into this Georgia and South Carolina high school football season.
0: Baptism by fire. So you said it. We've got a lot of really good games. Let's start with our game of the week, Jake. Calvary Day versus Prince Avenue Christian here in Savannah. Uh, I- I'm excited about this one.
1: Yeah, the Wolverines, the defending state, Class A private champs, and – these two teams played last year. You're going to hear that theme a lot as as teams in Georgia sign two year contracts for a lot of their non conference game non region games. Um, but this is going to be a good one, and I, I know Mark Stroud and the Cavaliers are looking to um, kind of build off of that semifinal that state semifinal appearance they made last season. Flew a little under the radar, got mm-hmm. better as the year went on a year ago, especially as they got some guys back healthy. Jake Merklinger there was their freshman quarterback last year. He grew up as the season went along, and then the Cavaliers were you know, within a possession of two or, of going to yep. the state finals a year ago. But this Prince Avenue Christian team coming in as the defending state champs, the good news for Calvary and, and head coach Mark Stroud is you don't have to try to figure out a way to stop Brock Grant Vandegrift anymore. He's now competing for the backup, <laughs> He's in Georgia now. Yeah, competing for the backup quarterback Sigh job relief. in Athens. <laughs> um but they're gonna have a lot of really good athletes. They're gonna be expected to contend for another state title. Um, so Calvary can really, you know, kind of upset the apple cart if they can pull off the win and, and compete with, with Prince Avenue Christian.
0: That would be a statement win for them, certainly, to open up the season. Calvary, you mentioned they kind of took some of their lumps earlier. They finished 9-5 and last year, um, and they lost this game to open last year's season 42-7. to I don't think these players have forgotten that. Um, I, you know, that's not a particularly enjoyable experience. So I, I don't think they've forgotten it, and last Saturday we had – a uh, media day for some of the surrounding teams in the 912 area and the private schools here in Savannah. So we heard from Mark Stroud and the Cavaliers, and uh, here's what they had to say about the expectations heading into this season.
2: We were one game away from playing them again. Uh, we made it to the final four after uh, you know a pretty tough journey early on, and then uh, so we were matched up to play them again. If we if you know if we beat Trinity, Trinity plays them in the state championship. So that was. THAT was exciting for the idea of getting a chance to redeem ourselves a little bit. You know, I think it's, you know, they certainly had a great football team last year, and uh, you know, they 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 have a good football team this year as well. Uh, they you know lost A the quarterback, but they have a guy that um, you would think they would have a super drop off. They do have a little bit of a drop off. It's not that guy, but he's still a really good player. Got some really good players. Um, very talented. Very well coached. Play really hard. All those ingredients you're looking for in a high school team, they have it. So. Hey, it's a great opener for us. I mean, you want to play a game like this just to get a, you know, just to check where you're at. I mean, see where you're at, see you know, see, see if you're pretending to be or not to be. So it's great for us, great opportunity for us. You come in, you're playing the, the uh, state champion from last year, you know, which sets you up really good being the little bit of the underdog going into that game. And then also, you know, um, just really, you know, a, a true, uh, estimate about where we're at right now going to the first game so that's great for us
0: how much do these tough games help you all grow we saw you guys progressively get better throughout yeah. the season so yeah. you know starting off with a tough game even yeah. if you lose it like how much does that help
2: I think uh, that is I mean it's, it's invaluable I mean you know certainly the way some things are set up now you know, it's not a do-or-die situation for you out of the gate um, so you know, it's a game that's so invaluable because, again, you get completely tested across the board. You get tested schematically, you get tested, each kid gets tested at a position because, they're, like I said, they play hard, they're talented. So, you know, it's a complete win for us across the board. You know, we want to go and compete and we want to come out on top. But, you know, the, the big thing is, you know, can we play to a really high standard? You know, we take care of business? Where we play with great effort? Will we play with great technique, great discipline? That's what you're really looking for. Some variables you never can control. So we're looking to play, you know, play up to a really high standard of play, like we've been preaching all the time to our kids. And then, you know, hey, uh, you, then you get a chance, either way it goes, you get a chance to get a really invaluable source of information from the film. So we'll have a film, a great film, and we'll see where we're at. How
0: have the guys looked this week?
2: It's been great. I mean, you know, we, I think uh, I've said it before, we kind of, a lot of these guys were instrumental in last year's team. So you know, we're building kind of off that, that run at the end, and we're kind of coming in through the summer with a really good vibe, good attitude, some really good camaraderie with our kids and coaching staff. Outstanding coaching staff. I mean, really, really good. So uh, you know, all that culminates into everybody's enjoying being here. That's, that's kind of always a great test, right, is that our, our kids enjoy showing up. We enjoy showing up. It's been a lot of fun working together. And, uh, and we're just getting started. So it should be fun. Great journey ahead.
0: Do you know how many starters you returned this year?
2: I think we had, you know, we got about four or five on offense. That's probably where we took the most of a hit, right. but we had a lot of guys that were like right behind those guys ready to play, and I think we returned like seven guys defensively. So we got a little bit more experience defensively and offensively, but even offensively, a lot of those guys were like right out of the, you know, right behind the other guys. So uh, a lot of guys, again, those, a lot of those guys played, so we are bringing back quite a bit of experience. Right.
0: Anything else you want to add?
2: Uh, yeah, we was just excited about um, the season, excited for all of our Calvary Day uh alum, calvary day contingent to you know get in behind this group uh, and really support them very well we're thankful for that in the past and encourage that happen again this year
0: jake you said it we have a lot of good games for week zero opening week feels like i should call it week one but it's not um so we just hit our game of the week calvary prince avenue christian but we've got some other good ones too richmond hill at beaufort for a cross state Match up there.
1: Yeah, two teams that, that have high expectations of their own in their own state. Of course, you know, Richmond Hill has been a, a program on the rise, the state semifinalist two years ago. Um, and Buford, another team that made a very deep playoff run a year ago. Two coaches, I think, that have developed the identity of their programs in their time there. Matt Lazat at Richmond Hill and Bryce Liebrand at Buford. Um both of these teams are going to come into this game with, with high expectations, and, a, and at least of this week, expecting to win. Neither of these programs have dealt with a lot of losses in the last two years. I'm interested to see how it goes. I think that um, Richmond Hill is probably going to be favored to win. They're, they're a 6A program in the state of Georgia. There's not a lot of classes in the country that can boast the kind of football that's played. In, in Class 6A in the state of Georgia, but man, Buford didn't didn't lose a lot. They haven't lost a lot lately, and and they are they're willing to to punch up. You know, they got Richmond Hill this week. They'll they'll take on Effingham County next week. They had Benedictine on the schedule a year ago. Bryce Lee Brandon and this Eagles team is willing to to face anybody anywhere.
0: That's how you get better.
1: Exactly. And I, I think it's a really this is going to be kind of a a, a program a status game for, for Buford. You're going to find out kind of where you stand compared to some other teams. But I'm really looking forward to that one because these are two teams that I think we have to learn a lot about.
0: Yeah. You know, definitely. We, know, we know
1: what the expectations are. We know what Kind of, they're going to look like. We just don't know exactly how they're going to look and who's going to be doing the production for for both of these teams.
0: Well, between the two of them, last year they had just five total losses. Richmond Hill was nine and three, Buford five and two. But Richmond Hill, check this out, returns just two starters on the defense and one on the offense this year. So while they have a lot of expectations and they had a great run last year, it's it's not a rebuild because these young guys were there. They were in the program and you know around these older players and the culture and that sort of thing but they're kind of untested when it comes to these big games so it's it's going to be really interesting to see and you know I mentioned the media day that we were at last Saturday uh, we also got to speak to Richmond Hill there so here's head coach Matt Lazotte and uh, the Wildcats talking about the expectations for them heading into this season.
2: We returned two on offense and uh I guess one on defense, that, I mean, he was there for two, two, two games. Um, I think uh, with this group that we have right now, um, they, were, they were allowed to grow up. And we, we, we all deal with teenagers. And, and across the, the course of their, their career, 14, 15, 16, 17, they become 18-year-olds. And, and they look a lot different than they are when they're 14. And so these guys have been able to grow and develop in our program and not have to be put in situations where, they, where they're not going to be successful, where they're not thrown to the wolves, where they're growing up with the wolves. And, and so that's the difference of this group than, than in the past. These guys have been raised amongst wolves and they're ready to go hunt. Well, first goal, um, win game one. You know, <laughs> start at the start and we'll move on one week at a time. Um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we want to win region. We're winners, we're taught to be that way, you know, since we come in as freshmen. Um, and we want to continue that tradition that our guys have set up uh, for years past, where we're winning games in the regular season, and winning tough games that have set us up for the playoffs. And uh, we're looking to make a, another deep postseason run, if possible. You know that's always the goal. Um, but like I said, we're going to start at the start. We're going to win game one, and we're going to do it handily because our guys can do it, and I know that's a fact. So
0: another big matchup here in Savannah on Friday night New Hampstead at Windsor Forest Jake
1: yeah and this is one of those unique ones it's an intra or it's an in-county battle between two Chatham County teams and it's the first of two meetings between the schools um, this year they're both non-region games but um two teams New Hampstead and Windsor Forest that had really good showings. Very, you know, I said it in, in a piece that we put on WTOC.com. There were very few teams that broke out in 2020 like the Windsor Forest Knights did in terms of six-game winning streak to close out the regular season. Kind of had a tough draw having to go to Crisp County in the first round of the state playoffs. But a three-way tie for the city championship, Windsor Forest was a part of that. They've lost a good bit of talent, but there's still some there. And I spoke with, with head coach Jeb Stewart at, at Media Day the other day, and he said how much he's seen the team grow after last year. You remember, he came in mm-hmm. in a pandemic, so there wasn't really a full face-to-face offseason. off-season. You know, he was saying, you know, we're doing a lot of things over Zoom, but it's not the same. He said, so he feels like the little details is where they're going to be better as a program, will the Knights. They're going to be taking on a new Hampstead team that that Kyle Hockman's one of the more respected coaches in the state of Georgia, spent a lot of time up in the metro Atlanta area now in his third season with the Phoenix. And he's got a group of guys that are, are bought into his system. He talked about how great it's been since day one, but feels like they've really grown in the same way. You know, you talk about teams oftentimes make their biggest jump from year one to year two, but year one to year two, there was the pandemic for, for New Hampstead right. and the Phoenix. And so I kind of wonder if we're going to see that kind of jump this year, right? right, Because they've had a full off season and and they're able to work on some of those finer details really for the first time in an off season. But that's a game I'm really looking forward to because I think once again, we're going to learn about both of these teams Mm -hmm. and it's the first of two showdowns. And so we heard from New Hampstead head coach Kyle Hockman. We heard from Windsor Forest head coach Jeb Stewart about how that came together. Here's what they had to say.
3: Very successful season last year going six and two, Uh, you know, uh, graduated a lot of kids off of that program or off that team that went on, Uh, eight of them are playing in college now. Um, So we had a lot of holes to fill coming into this this season Um, defensively, we've got nine new starters on that side of the ball. Uh, There's a lot of young sophomores over there that got their first little taste of Friday nights. Uh, last Friday night, uh, you know, and they've they've got some things they've got to improve on. Uh, Offensively, you know, we graduated uh, two offensive linemen that are playing in college right now. Uh, So we had some guys that didn't have a lot of experience. You know, we're having to plug in now and uh, and get them some experience with it. Uh, Overall, hopefully we can have a very successful season. Uh, You know, I think we're going to play better as a team. Uh, You know, we got some, after Friday night scrimmage, we kind of realized there's some things that we got to fix, you know, and with this being a pandemic year, you never know what's going to happen with your team. We lost uh, a lineman before the game Friday night, you know, due to contact tracing. And, you know, it's a tough job. You think you've got every scenario figured out and then you get a curveball thrown at you and you got to figure out, uh, you know, you got to plug a kid in that's never played on the right side of the offensive line before and that's a totally different moving from the left side to the right side that's totally different uh, technique footwork for him and uh, you know you, you get uh, inventive by coming up with hand signals telling him what to do everybody the rest of the team looking for one signal he's looking for another one, so he knows what to do but uh, you know it's just right now about overcoming adversity you know excited about our our offense and, and the system that Paulie, running, really, really uh, smart, smart, smart guy. Um, it's probably of the, you know, I've had nine quarterbacks go play college football and scholarship, and he's probably the smartest of them all. Um, and uh, picks up check with me and and uh, changes, you know, and is leading, leading the team. You uh, can. He you know, almost calls own plays if, if I let him. He'd probably want to. But.
0: Jake, the football does not end on Friday night. A tradition in Statesboro returning on Saturday, the 10th annual Earl Russell Classic in Paulson Stadium. We didn't get to have it last year because of the pandemic. It is back on Saturday night, the early matchup, Macon County versus Clinch County at 6 o'clock. Then our local matchup at 9, Statesboro High and Wayne County.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of the people in Statesboro, especially with their Blue Devils playing, but I think it's good to see this kind of game back. You mm-hmm. know, to not have had it last year. It's a it's a growing, you know, week zero tradition, and it's um, fun. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's a thrill for these kids. You know, I, I spoke with, right. with Ken playing Cr- in a college stadium is cool. Exactly, and, and you get to be under the lights, and you know, there's there's a lot of pageantry that kind of goes with there's something special about friday night lights but the goal of every of of a lot of kids that play high school football mm-hmm. is to hopefully one day play college football and so it gives you the ability to to have that experience of seeing what it's like under the big bright lights right. of a division 1 football stadium and i think it's a cool thing to see now you're also going to get two pretty good games in here with with Macon County and Clinch County which don't undersell that game, yes, they're not two local teams right, for us right. in the area. I didn't mean to skip over no, no disrespect
0: not. to the Bulldogs and the Panthers. But that, that's two
1: programs that are really going to play hard football and, and play it well, two teams that have winning traditions. So if you're going to go see these games, don't don't get there late. Get there for that Macon County-Clinch County game, mm-hmm. and, and you'll have some fun with that one. But I think Statesboro-Wayne County is going to be a game uh, of two programs that are kind of looking to to bounce back a little bit it was a tough year for both of them for both of them you know Statesboro had a a ton of things happening off the field with with COVID and everything else you know you did plenty of stories on on what their football team dealt with last year coach
0: was hospitalized it it was a tough year for them and they had four and seven record Um, but I imagine they're gonna come back ready to go this year.
1: Right, and Jeff Kaiser's been been building that program from what was kind of a down period for the Blue Devils for a little while and, and still working their way up. And, and Ken Cribb comes in with a Wayne County team that did not have the kind of season that they expected to, but they played really, really tough teams. I think nine of the 12 games they played last year, 11 games they played last year, were against ranked opponents. So this is a good way for both of these teams as they look to take a step from where they were last year to get off on the right foot. You know, a win like this on a Saturday night under the lights, college stadium, that's a good way to get some juice, some momentum going your way. And you know, both of these coaches, it's a non-region game. Yeah. They're going to play it down a little bit. Oh, we're just looking at, but.
0: You're going to learn a lot about your team regardless. If, if you
1: get a win Saturday night in Paulson Stadium. you has got to feel pretty good. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a good way to go into week one.
0: It's a little swagger heading into the rest of the season for sure. And uh, Jake, I know you have an interview scheduled with uh, Wayne County Head Coach Ken Crib for a special new thing that we're starting this year to uh, extend our end zone coverage to all of our WTLC platforms. So uh, in your new role as the digital anchor, I want to let you share that new addition to the end zone with our, with our listeners.
1: Yeah, so the end zone pregame launches Friday at 3 o'clock. You'll see it on um the WTOC app on, on any of your streaming devices will also be airing it live on Facebook. Um, speaking with Ken Crib a little bit later today, we'll have that interview on the show. But just going to be a, a Friday kind of pregame look at, at what's coming up on the end zone. Um, going to be able to use some video, do some, some interviews and that kind of thing. Really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but you can hear from Wayne County Head Coach Ken Cribb. On the end zone pregame Friday, three o'clock on your streaming devices.
0: Yeah, we really want to try to bring you our high school football coverage across all platforms. So we've got the podcast. Obviously, we're on air. Uh, you know, Friday nights at during the news at eleven, we're going to be on Facebook. We're going to be tweeting throughout the evening as we're at games on Instagram. We want to bring you the most complete coverage we can. So I'm excited for this edition, Jake.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a way to, you know, you talk about expanded coverage. And, mm-hmm. and if you're a high school football fan, we're going to find a way to get you coverage of high school football in the low country and in the coastal empire. So really looking forward to showing you kind of all the new bells and whistles we have coming with the as typical strong end zone coverage that we bring to you every fall.
0: So, Jake, uh, in addition to new end zone coverage, we've also got a lot of new head coaches in the area this year. Uh, Just to rattle off a few, we've got John Mooring at Country Day, St. Andrews has Blake Henry, Claxton, Greg Hill, John Ford at Effingham County, Beach has Michael Johnson, SEB Jenkins, like the list goes on and on and on. Uh, What's your takeaway from all of this? I mean, I think when a new coach takes over, you never know quite what to expect from that team because they could be installing a completely new scheme so you never really know what to look for uh, week zero from these new head coaches and their new teams
1: yeah and I think it's exciting for for some of these guys because there's some names there that we've heard yes you know Tony Welch at Jenkins you know coming back to the city of Savannah after kind of helping build the Memorial Day program into a multi-time state Mm -hmm. champion GISA and then what he did at Savannah High before going to Claxton and now he he's back at Jenkins and and I was at the Chatham County Schools Media Day a couple mm-hmm. days ago, and, and heard from him. And he talked about, you know, he's bringing that wing T offense that he ran at Claxton. This is going to be a little different looking offensive team at Jenkins than we've seen in the past. But he mentioned we got some athletes. He said, you know, this is right. you know we have an offensive line that can lean on you, and he, he's mm-hmm. really looking forward to, to seeing his defense go out there and play. So I think Tony Welch Jenkins is going to be an exciting one. He's their third head coach in three years, but this is a program. That The the seniors on this team were a couple plays from playing for a state championship two years ago as sophomores. So they they understand winning. They know how to do it. They're going to look to do it again under new head coach Tony Welch. And then I think John Ford at Effingham County is going to bring – he brings a legitimacy and a credibility Mm -hmm. to Effingham County. I mean, this is a guy who at at Roswell and Buford was winning – double-digit games, won double-digit games four times in six seasons. This is his 2014 through 2018. Second round, state finals, state finals, state semifinals, state quarterfinals. So there, there's a this is a guy who's done it in some of the biggest, highest-profile right. programs in the state of Georgia. Now he's going to Effingham County, a program that could use a boost, a, a, a kick in the pants to, to get them back to where the folks, I think, in Springfield want their Rebels to be in a really tough region. I think that's one of the, the keys about it is is Ford is coming from two places in Roswell and Buford where winning is expected mm-hmm. and it's not easy to do in the regions that they play. That's what he's stepping into in Effingham County. You look at 268, Richmond Hill, Statesboro, uh, the the Brunswick schools, Glen Academy and Brunswick. I mean, that is there's only four spots available, right. and that's not an easy region to win or to, to compete well in and i think and i think he's stepping into a program that has some potential that has they they have athletes and i think he's going to bring a legitimacy to to Effingham County that could really benefit the Rebels program
0: something else working in his favor too he was hired way back, I want to say like February, March, don't fact check me there, but it's been a little bit. He's been with the team, whereas a lot of these coaches really took over in like June and July. So he's had some more time to meet with his team and, get to know them a little bit more, them get to know him. So I think he's had the advantage of being on the job a little longer than some of these other guys that we mentioned, which is always helpful as well. So that's just an added benefit. And he said the key words during media day, he wants to beat South Effingham, and that is what every Rebels fan, I think, wants to hear from their head coach. And
1: and going back to kind of the the legitimacy I mentioned, but when you you come in early like that and you come in with the resume that he comes in with, the players are going to immediately – I think listen to what he has to say buy in maybe buy in's a little easier for a guy like John Ford than maybe some other coaches who are coming in and and players may not know who they are or or they may not have the resume that John Ford does but I think the resume he has when he walks into a team meeting it's going to make guys perk up a little bit
0: I agree Now, another factor that is back this year that we were hoping it wouldn't be, but uh, it's COVID. Um, Last year, obviously, things were very fluid. Uh, You know, games were getting canceled the day before, sometimes the day of. And it seemed like we were kind of turning a corner this summer, and maybe it wouldn't have such an impact on high school football. But unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. Um, We saw last week where Burke County um, canceled school, therefore canceled their first two opponents, which happened to be in our area, Benedictine and Richmond Hill. Um, Luckily, their off weeks for both teams matched up, so they're able to shift those games. They're still going to get those games in. But COVID is obviously already playing an impact in this season, Jake.
1: Yeah, and and I don't want to say luckily, but this is something that we've seen. This is Mm -hmm. something that these coaches and these players have now dealt with. And so hopefully that will make this time around run a little smoother, I guess you could say, in terms of, (laughs) you know games being being canceled being postponed schedules being shifted around i think you know unfortunately we are having to deal with this for a second football season now but i think we all have a little better understanding of how to navigate the covid waters with a football season so that's a a benefit i say uh, with air quotes yeah. that that is here but I do think it is a big deal that these coaches, these players, the fans, those of us who who follow uh, high school football, at least have an idea of kind of how these things are going to play out Mm -hmm. if we do see game cancellations, if we do see game postponements. It's it's unfortunately something we've dealt with before.
0: Not a lot of restrictions this year. I know Savannah-Chatham County is doing 75% capacity. Um, The SCHSL and GHSA – haven't really issued any guidelines. They're kind of leaving it up to each individual school district. Um, but we are already seeing some school districts go virtual and things like that. So, you know, as, as a sports person, I hope that sports continue and I hope that we can all stay healthy uh, throughout this season. But it's, it's definitely, you know, the toughest opponent we're all going to face. And uh, hopefully it doesn't impact us too much. Ready to dive into our...
1: This is your bet. I'm not in on this bet. <laughs> I, i'm so. not I'm not accepting any consequences <laughs> that come with this bet
0: our friends in augusta Wrdw um that's our sister station in Augusta Georgia have um challenged us I'm gonna say us as the nine one two they think Jake that they have more more talented football teams in the 706 area versus the nine one two so we have placed a bet that
1: you, you have placed a bet.
0: Yes, me, me and RDW. L- I me. would like, like to the, point out. The fr- three of us. Jake
1: I am I am not simply involved. here as an observer. <laughs> I am not.
0: No, but we're going to get your opinion. So they think that the Augusta area has better football than, than I want to. I said I disagree. So each week we're going to, they're going to actually, I put this on them because there's two of them, there's one of me. So this is their responsibility. We're going to keep tabs on our matchups when an Augusta team plays a Savannah area team wins at the end of the season if they have more wins I have to wear a 706 shirt something and post it on Twitter if the 912 area comes out victorious they have to wear 912 stuff and post it so Jake thoughts
1: I think it's interesting I think it's <laughs> it's you know y'all are gonna have a lot of fun with it I listen I I will say this, and I, i've I've lived in Augusta, I've worked in Augusta, done a little bit of high school football coverage over in the Augusta area. They do have some some good teams, some proud programs. I will say, having been in in the Savannah area for going on four years now, having followed high school football around the state of Georgia for pretty much my entire life, the how much this area has increased not just the talent going on to the next level, the the college level. There's always been really talented players, but it seems like a lot of programs in the Savannah area, and ask the coaches this too, and they'll tell you this. It is certainly a rising tide for football in Savannah. I think at times the sport in certain places has kind of fallen to – you know, behind basketball or other sports. I don't think that's the case a lot of places in not just Savannah, the city of Savannah, but really kind of all over. You look at a a program like Richmond Hill and what they've done in the last five, six, seven years as they've grown. You look at places like South Effingham and Effingham County that have grown. I mean, there is a lot of talent all across the nine one two, and I'm just it's it's an interesting bet. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing. But your team
0: nine one two, your well, cheer for Yes,
1: yeah, yes, of course, because I <laughs> live here. I'm I'm not I'm not going against the home team at all. And I just my personal opinion. I I probably put if I were a betting man and putting in this bet, I'd probably go nine one two.
0: Okay, well, they also want to bet on when Kentucky and South Carolina play. So.
1: I mean, that, that's up to y'all. Y'all can, right, y'all can exactly. all, you know.
0: exactly. But anyway, moral of the story, Mike and Nick, you're going down. Uh, 912 area athletes, please take note. Augusta is not putting respect on your name. Remember that. <laughs> Locker room material. Jake, all right, we're about to dive into the 2021 season. Uh, any bold predictions? Anybody specifically you're keeping an eye on?
1: I think there's going to be a, a lot to gain this season, I feel like, you know, we saw, you know, the Calvary days, the Savannah Christians, the Benedictins that that made their runs last year. I, I'm interested to see who it is that, that makes another run somewhere else. I look at at, at regions, you know, down in like double A and two double A where you have the Vidalia's, the Jeff Davis's, the, you know, those programs that battle it out every Friday night. I'm looking forward to seeing what Metter does coming off of that historic yep. season that they did a year ago. And I'm interested to see exactly how good Benedictine can be this year. Oh, man. I think the cadets have still a ton of talent. They had a ton of talent last year, ran into a Jefferson team that um, was as good as anybody in 2020. And and we saw what happened there. That was a, a tremendous game in Savannah in the state semifinals a year ago. But I'm really looking forward to seeing how good this cadets team can be, as well as in their region. You know, Islands, New Hampstead, and Jenkins are not pushovers by any stretch of the imagination. And I think the cadets have a little bit of a target on their back now. You know, we heard it in Media Day the other day, New Hampstead. Players specifically calling out, "We're looking forward to and We want to show <laughs> them who runs this town."
0: You got an elite eleven quarterback, you know. Right. That's when you circle. Right.
1: But that whole region, that three quad A region, is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year because there are all all four of those teams are are going to the playoffs, and all four of those teams believe they can win in right. the playoffs. You know, it's not just a pipe dream for, mm. for any of them. And so I look forward to kind of watching those three weeks of games because I think they're going to be heated. I think they're going to be competitive. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see kind of how, how all four of them go through the season. Because I, I do think they're going to be four extremely talented teams with something to, with something to say come November and December.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see Metter too, coming off their season last year. Uh, the teams you mentioned all going to be a blast to watch. I'm excited to see Hilton Head this year. I'm excited to see May River, um, Richmond Hill. Said straight up, their goal is a region championship, and then from there, a state title run. And you know, with how how three starters that they returned, so that's going to be one to watch. I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, interested to see what Country Day does this year under their new head coach. So we got a lot of great storylines to watch, and it all gets underway officially Thursday night with Johnson up in Augusta, but uh, really gets underway Friday night across the Coastal Empire in Lowcountry. I'm excited for it. As we mentioned, uh, we'll have podcasts out on Thursdays. You can watch the end zone pregame Fridays at 3 o'clock. We'll be on the news at 11 at every Friday night for the end zone, obviously just like usual. Um, you know, you can find all our stories at WTOC.com slash sports under the end zone tab. Jake, am I missing anything? Social media? Um,
1: no, I think it's, it's going to be a really fun season. We got a lot of platforms. Yeah. If you're a high school (laughs) football fan, you're not going to miss anything with how we're covering the games this Mm -hmm. year, how we're covering the sport of high school football, We're we're, we're going to, However you get coverage, we're mm-hmm. going to be there. And right. I, I really look forward to this season. I, I, I'm excited to see our coverage expand. I'm excited to see how fans respond to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, we've got new ways to cover. We've got a new studio. we got a new podcast studio that we're in right now. Jake's got... His digital desk. We've got all kinds of
1: sounding new great gadgets. The dulcet tones. Of I know. The WTOC ends. It's podcast.
0: a lot better than uh, how we used it last year with Zoom. We, <laughs> we had to do Zoom record our podcast. I so think of, if anything, <laughs> we've come a long way. If
1: anything, I think we can just be happy that we're not having to do a whole lot of Zoom interviews, Zoom podcast yes. anymore. Very, very happy that we have moved away from the Zoom era.
0: Yes convenient but I'm happy to be sitting across from you and uh, ready to get this season started so thank you guys for listening and we'll be back on Sundays with the regular sports podcast and back with the end zone next week I'm Lindsay Goff that's Jake Wallace and thank you for listening downloading and subscribing we'll talk to you next week
1: enjoy the games everyone